Uh, can I see your teeth and feel your buttocks? This is Tall Can Audio. Another week of Tall Can Audio off and running. My name is Matt Robinson coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on social media at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Sitting across the table once again for the first time in a few weeks. Can we say this time for real back to normal? Rob Christie's here. What's happening, man? Reunited. And it feels oh, it okay. feels so <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks, man. It has been a couple weeks. Uh, I think so, Matt. Okay. I think so. I, th- I think we're good to go. We're back on the, uh, back on regular rotation. So you were here for... Seems like a couple weeks off, couple weeks on, a yeah. couple weeks off. Couple well, so I, I take full responsibility over the summer. I fucking yeah. off to the cottage and that's yeah. how that went. And then yeah, yeah. rolled back in in September and, and then you were gone for a week or something. Two weeks, back to back weekends. I was. Well, I was gone for Thanksgiving. Um, oh yeah. In September you yeah, mean. Yeah. And then you were back for one and then. Gone uh, for one and you. I was, so I was like, gone yeah, for one. I'm yeah. not coming back. He said, nope. I think that's how it was. Okay. So. Anyway, you're here now. Yep. Ready to reassume that Monday mantle. I'm willing to take it from flailing hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. That's yeah. fair. It's totally fair, but yeah. I'm good, man. And I'm feeling fired up. Okay. I'm good to go. I miss you when I don't see you. That's nice, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm aware of your absence as well. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's good to see uh, every good relationship should be based on some mistrust and dishonesty. <laughs> okay. We got beers. Let's start there. We got a bunch of stuff to cover today, but it, it, all of it comes after the beer. All of it comes after the beer. You should have let me know. Yeah. Oh, that is a confident crack. It really is, man. It's a great crack. Great crack. So what I have here is I'm back to you with a dirty schwa. A little, yeah. A little all or nothing. Drinking a... Dunkelweizen. Okay. Right? Little black wheat or dark Ooh. wheat, I believe is what it calls. All right. The, ble- the, the best part of that is I'm not, a, I'm, not any, I'm not a wheat or a weizen or a bit beer fan at all. Saison, mm-hmm. not really a ghost guy, but the, with the dunkel, it's, it's sort of heavier on the malt. Yeah. Sort of. You it, love a good dunkel. Yeah. It sort, of, it, it sort of minimizes that sort of whatever that banana clove thing that the wheat beers have traditionally. So I'm hoping for something a little more crisp and sort of lager-esque with some malt up front. All right. So I have gone to, uh, this is an order I placed a week or so ago, uh, but just haven't got to it on the show yet. And uh, this is from a place, actually you've brought in here a couple times, but this is my first uh, my first order from the Shiloh Brewing Company. Okay. Shiloh, Shiloh. Yeah, I've been back and forth. Uh, I didn't ask when I was placing okay. the order didn't on uh, how to pronounce it, but uh, they're based here in Ottawa. Their stuff is all kosher. They make sure of that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this is their oatmeal stout, man. It's that time of year. Actually oh. today, maybe the first year, uh, first day of the year where it feels like we're headed solidly back into stout season, despite the fact that you and I have always maintained any season is, is stout season. Every day is stout day. <laughs> right. Although next Sunday, hmm. I will have stouts in here because um, November 2nd, November 4th, International Stout Day. Okay. So you're just a little early. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I do enjoy your eagerness. 
always eager for a stout. And so uh, this is the first time I've ever ordered from the, uh, the Shiloh Brewing Company or slash Shiloh Brewing Company. Oatmeal Stout coming in at 6%. Woo! Yeah, and uh, we're looking forward to check that one in. How's the uh, the first poll treating you over there? It's a little more Vizen than I would have hoped for in my... Uh, oh, another uh, another confident crack over there. Mm-hmm. I see your confident crack. And I'll raise you a confident crack. Yeah, so... Um, wow. 5.5 this came in. I'm still getting a little a little more banana, especially that sort of sweet kind of fruit sort of. So I, it's got to grow on me. Okay. It's, it's more vizen like than Oshawa itself. Yeah, dirty, <laughs> dirty, dirty. Okay, so have you had a pull on that? Yeah, very roasty. Nice. I like that. Yeah, nice that's roasted good. flavor. It says it's going to have a little chocolate to it, obviously a little oatmeal to it. I'm not getting that quite as much as right up front. It's a nice roasted stout. I'm all about that. So uh, this treat me pretty well right up, uh, right off the hop here. Friday night had my dad over for dinner. He was in town and um, I was sort of rooting through the fridge downstairs. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take, I'll give this a try. And it was, a, it was an all or nothing lime lager. Really? Okay. So whether it had been in my fridge, you know, it came in a shipment from August or something, but clearly a Yeah, your beer. monthly deliveries there. Yeah. yeah. So this was ass in a glass. Oh. Not sorry, all or nothing. Yep. Didn't like it. Okay. Didn't like it. It was more like lime with a little lager in it. It was very heavy, heavy lime. So. Right. Better in the summer or just nev- never going to be your thing? Never going to be my thing. Okay. Right. It, like I said, it, it was really pushing the sour line more than a, than a lager. Right. So not loving it. Didn't love that. And so I have one in the fridge. I was actually going to bring it to you and say, hey, man, here, try this. <laughs> here, from your hometown, you're going to love it. <laughs> Idiot. Yes. No, take it. Take it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It depends. It's, it may be in a, in a time of need, break glass. I have, sure. I have no idea. Yeah. Or offer it up to your next guest. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what I do with most of the stuff. Yeah. That, uh, the first one I try, I'm like, you don't like that. And next time you go, hey, have you tried this? You may really You like might this. love it. This is right up your alley. So before we get on to anything, anything else, I want, I want to get your opinion on something. Okay. I'm wondering if I've gone full Costanza. (laughs) Um, I, this is, uh, you've already done it. The cashmere sweater that he finds for cheap and gives to Elaine, like it's the most selfless (laughs) gift ever. You're, you're handing off that, uh, that lime lime logger, but I, but I haven't. Okay. I kept a hold of it. (laughs) So I work in a place with maybe 40 people. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a communal kitchen. Mm-hmm. We have one Keurig coffee maker. Okay. So that's with the pods. Yep. Crack it down. Sure. Has a reservoir, a water reservoir on the side. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's not fed by any No, tap. no, no. You have to get a, a jug. You have to make an effort. <laughs> you have to fill the reservoir. So for as long as we've been in this building, 10, 11 years, shitheads are not filling the water reservoir. Right. It's only me. The reservoir dog. The reservoir dumbasses. <laughs> so I do it. I have a coffee at 7.30 and I have another one about nine. Okay. And most often by nine, I'm refilling that thing. I've refilled it in the morning, first thing, and I'm refilling it again. So I've taken to putting a little note. Hey, fuckheads. It says, refill here with an arrow <laughs> pointing right at the reservoir. Okay. Okay, is that all right? Is that good? It's a little passive aggressive. Okay, so I'm sitting there one day. You should just stand there. 
Okay. And yell at people coming in. So if you didn't do it, do you think you would walk into that kitchen and just see confused people not getting their coffee, a big lineup forming? And so, so what, what's happened here is in, in the past <laughs> I've been, there's somebody has been, you know, a specific woman I have in mind mm-hmm. making her coffee. And I'm like, she finishes up, doesn't take her pot out first off. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, does that need water? And then she sort of stops one step away and she looks at it and she's like, yep. And then keeps walking. <laughs> So that's you, Reservoir Dog. <laughs> you already don't get it. Yeah. So I was asking another woman mm-hmm. who was doing it. I'm like, hey, what do you think of that note? And she's like, yeah, we were wondering who wrote that note. <laughs> and she's like, you're the, you're the first person that comes to mind. She goes, because yeah. I work with a predominantly female. Right. She's like, if a woman wrote that, she'd put a little smiley face on her. <laughs> Refill here. Smiley face. Hey, be friendly about it. Yeah. 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 So... Sure as shit, nothing has changed, Matt. No. In a month. No. So starting on Friday, mm. I ripped the note off, pitched it. It's not working. I wrote, wrote a new, much more strongly worded no. note. No, and this is where the Costanza portion comes in. <laughs> I pissed in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have made my coffee and then took the reservoir, emptied it out, like completely emptied it out, sponged it out, put it back on. <laughs> not just dumped it out. I sp- made sure there's not a drop of water. So anybody going in there, there's no water. Yeah. If I have to do it every time, guess what? You have to do it every time. <laughs> okay. If I'm in there getting a bagel, I'm emptying the reservoir. Even if I'm not even drinking coffee. What do you think? It's, Sound? It, it's kind of bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I was fully aware of it while doing it. This is petty. I would have tried. Now, not saying that I wouldn't have done the same petty thing, but it we it, it's worth acknowledging it's petty. Yep. I might have tried one more note. No bad words, but an exclamation mark this time. Refill here. Yep. Exclamation mark. Right. No smiley face. Like the angry steaming steam coming out of the ears emoji, if you could. Print okay. that out, maybe. I thought you were going to go with a hot Carl right on top yeah, of it. Smiling pile of shit <laughs> emoji that uh, is so popular these days. Okay. Or uh, the clown face for people who. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I might have tried that. I don't necessarily blame you, but I absolutely won't be surprised when you are not invited to your floor's Christmas party this year. That's actually doing Rob a favor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm winning twice. <laughs> exactly. Winner, winner. All right. Anyways, I just wanted to get yeah. your take on that. Okay. <laughs> I've had enough. Yeah. I'm I've getting that. And, and, and I'm fine. I just, if somebody sees me pouring it out, mm-hmm. okay, putting it back on. You're, I'm a ho- you're looking them right in the eye the whole yeah. time you're doing it. I'm hoping I'm to- I'm doing this because of you. Yeah. I'm hoping to train people. <laughs> They're going to get in the habit. They know every time they come in, oh, I got to get water in there. You know, we're living in a society. We're supposed to act in a civilized way. All right. So that's what Rob's been up to for the last couple of weeks. I need an outlet. I need something, right? Something has to happen here. Yeah. Okay. But I've had enough. Yeah. So you're all on notice. Yeah. It is, it is, it is shitty. Yeah. And I'm not sure how. Just take your turn. I'm not, just do your bit. Ask not what your workplace can do for you, but what you can do for your workplace. Does your workplace have one of those giant uh, water coolers with the big jug on top? Are you the only guy refilling that too? Yeah, that used to be the case. No, we now have, because we're in a 
triple E green building, Ooh. right? There's the water that's filtered in the, in the wall. So yeah, there's no actual. Okay. From the tears of polluters. For 100%, 100%. Okay. Uh, should let you all know if you missed it on, uh, on Thursday morning, our buddy Lever Sage has joined the team, a part of, uh, a part of Tall Can Audio every Thursday morning now. And, uh, we've already locked horns a few times. It, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a job when he's in here to, he's very combative while he's on the show. Uh, I guess that's part of his charm. Yep. Uh, and so he'll be here every Thursday morning. That's going to be, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, last week we had, uh, Michaela Schreider on the podcast as well, talking about, uh, the announced rosters for the upcoming PWHL training camps. That's about to get underway. And, uh, what lies ahead for team Canada and the Canadian national women's soccer team headed towards Paris 24. And, uh, after we finished recording with Shrides, fairly fairly large bomb went off in that world, uh, that, uh, we didn't get to talk to her about. So you and I are going to take a stab at it. Yeah. Christine Sinclair announced that she will be retiring. I think a lot of people suspected it was right away. It was just an Instagram post that she put up with no, you know, description underneath, whatever you would call it. Right. Uh, that she was hanging her cleats up, but it does turn out she's going to play till the end of this year. There are four it looks like home games remaining, and that's, I imagine, why this is going to play out this way. Two of them have already been announced, one in Halifax, one in Montreal. Those are against Brazil. And then it looks like late November, I believe it is, out in BC, there will be two more home games. That, of course, is Christine Sinclair's uh, stomping grounds where uh, where she made her start. And it looks like Australia will be the opponent uh, there. Mm. Um, yeah, there's... There's history there for sure, but she will not, uh, try or she will not compete at the Olympics in, uh, in 2024 in Paris, this coming on the heels of her helping team Canada last month down in Toronto and one game in Jamaica, um, you know, qualify against Jamaica and they're in and her reasoning makes some sense. You know, we won a gold medal. The last Olympic games I played in, it's going to be hard to top that. Do I want to risk that, right? Do I want to feel, you know, like it's going to be hard to top that Olympic gold medal. Yeah. Um, and so I've done my job. I've helped them qualify to go into 24. Maybe now is, is the time to step away. Uh, you and I will just put it right on the table. Not exactly soccer experts, but does the timing for you make sense? Or would you have expected that, uh, you know, I've come this far. This was a shortened quadrennial, right? The Tokyo Olympics were moved to 2021. I've come this far. I've got us qualified. Maybe I'd like to go once more or, or does this make sense? This is the time to step away. What would you say you are an expert in? Ooh. Uh, Ordering buckets of chicken. Love that. <laughs> but I don't know that I'm an expert. Oh. I just enjoy doing it. I'm an enthusiast. Prolific. Right? Yeah. Prolific. <laughs> Um, okay. I know how to order a good local pizza now. Yeah. Like I've gotten, yeah. that, that, that was a late start for me. Right. I know. Yes. Yeah. Back in the day, Matt would not order pizza. Did not road, enjoy pizza at on all. On the road with the no. guys. Yeah. Now I'm it's. doing chicken. Yeah. Beat it, loser. Now it's like once a week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have chicken on my pizza now? That's really how that goes. Um, to me, the timing makes, makes perfect sense. I think a, you've, you've wanted, you've won the gold in Tokyo. You have the World Cup 
in between. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to ride that crest into a World Cup. Didn't go well. Yeah. But to me, that was probably the focus instead of going, yeah, I'm going to push this on to one more Olympics. It was, yeah, I'm going to ride this wave through the gold medal at Tokyo into the Women's World Cup and see what kind of success they can have See if we can do this, yeah. Because for whatever reason, and Shrides mentioned this, Canada's always done better at the Olympics than at the World Cup. And I asked her why she thought that was, and she just kind of looked at me like if... If anybody knew that, they probably would have fixed it by now. Um, and so it's a fair enough question. Uh, but, you know. I, You're it, an idiot. Yeah. Well, I've heard that a time or two. I just wonder, I think for a lot of people, like you and I you come from an amateur sports background, right? Being around that for our entire lives. And you just wonder, I think for the average sports fan, like, really? You came this far? You helped get them qualified and you don't want to go? Well, there was a certain amount of, yeah, I won the Olympic gold medal. I want to see if I can help us kind of shrug yep. that World Cup thing off. We didn't. And, yeah, it's going to be tough to beat my last Olympics. So, yeah, I'm not doing it. This is the t- Now, like I said, she's going to play four more games for Canada this year. It sounds like she's going to finish out one more year um, with, with the, thorns? the Thorns. Yeah. Um, playing in the, the domestic league. But this will be it for her uh, internationally. And. Yeah, it actually it actually forced me to go and look at the Thorns stats, <laughs> right? I was looking at the the player stat page, and yeah, I know scoring is not especially late in her career, right? Isn't always going to be the calling card there, yeah. But it's down, right? Even at the even sure. at the even at the domestic league level, and she's forty. Yep. Like, let's be honest. Every, you know, time comes for everybody. Sure, it, it is. It is that thing that never, never stops. And man, time she, is undefeated. I believe is the phrase. I was trying to not say that, oh. but but I'll throw down the cliche, yeah, man. I perfecto. got it. Perfecto. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, and and it doesn't hurt. To, I don't know what they get paid, right, to play, you know, for the in the in the National Women's Soccer League. But yeah, she's going to continue on for the at least the rest of the year. Is that what you said? Yeah, she's going to play out this. Uh, one final season in the NWSL. And I don't, I don't know that she specifically said, I definitely won't play more there, but this is definitely the end of the international career for Team Canada. Right. So it's, it's interesting to me that A, this, I'm not sure, and I'm not sure, period, what this gets, what kind of attention this gets outside of Canada. I think, I think she is, like she's a, an officer or an uh, order of Canada. She has received the order of Canada here. Yeah. Right. So I, I think she gets lots of, lots of attention here. Um, I wonder, I wonder what it's like outside this country. Like it was interesting in, in a couple of the articles I was looking at for reference for any of the, you out there, you know, she is the highest scoring international soccer player of all time. Yep. Men's or women's. Yeah. She leads the way. And 190 so, goals in 327 matches. Right. So that 190 goals in comparison on the men's side, it's Cristiano Ronaldo at 127. Right. Significant difference. Sure. Right? And what I'm really wondering is, is, you know, if, if, if there are people are out there going, well, that's, well, that's women's soccer. doesn't, I, I just wonder if it's getting the same love elsewhere. Yeah, and of course. And, sorry, and uh, let me qualify that. Sure. By women's soccer, yeah, I, I'm not saying just that there is the discrepancy 
in talent between the really good female nations. Right. Especially early on in her career before correct. the rest of the world yes. had caught up. Maybe you're beating a couple of these countries 5 nothing instead of 2 nothing, like you are now, and someone's going to score those goals. And so it's relevant to the conversation, yeah. but even if you were to disqualify that, like no other woman has ever scored more. Yep. And certainly it's worth noting that no man has either, but... Even if you do want to make that argument, this is the greatest women's soccer player, greatest women's goal scorer of all time. So I'm not sure yet, right? This announcement was just made last week. Uh, No doubt every honor that they do bestow on anybody in terms of the FIFA Hall of Fame, these sorts of things will all be coming her way. But I'm not sure either, like what kind of, Canada is one of those countries that, you know, is sort of a top 10 in women's soccer, but has moved up and down a little bit. You haven't been the perennial, uh, you know, like Megan Rapinoe just Mm -hmm. retired in the U S not as successful a player as team Canada, but on a more successful team in a bigger. Yeah. And a big personality. A hundred percent. So does that get more attention? It almost certainly will. But uh, there's another party that's like, well, Christine Sinclair would almost prefer that, right? Like she's a very low key, The, the the way she announced this was no press conference, no whatever, just here's the video, me hanging my cleats up, read into what, what you want kind of thing. Um, and even the idea of her writing a book, which she did a couple of years ago with Stephen Brunt, that had to be forced upon her and told, like, like she... It, this will be good yeah. for other people if you do this, right? There was, there's no ego there for her. It's just, I do this and when it's time to walk away. So I don't know how much she would care about what recognition yeah. might be coming her way, but it, it, it is important for other reasons outside of her own ego, right? Like to, to 100%, point that out. So. 100%. As you see this, the rise in, in women's sports, right? Whether it be the professional women's hockey league or the, NWSL. Super, and I'm thinking about the Super 8, the 8-pack. What, what, what is it they're, called? They're, they're looking forward to establish the Canadian Women's Soccer League? I don't know what the official name they're going to settle on here is. But yeah, it's being, yeah, it's dropping here within the next year or two. It was announced last, uh, last yeah, fall. Matheson, yeah, Diana Matheson. And so it is sort of, I wonder if she'll take a rule along with that. But as as these things start to, to take root in a, in, a, in a much more concrete way, yeah, you need you need people. Here's are, the pillar who Here's, are legitimately looked at as the goat. Yeah, to to write those books, to be a little more aggressive in their in their presence, whether it's your your personality or not. Yeah, the amount of of recognition and awareness it creates for. Yeah, we need you to step forward, whether you're comfortable with that or right, not. Exactly. Right? So, an Olympic gold medal, uh, two Olympic bronze medals, the Order of Canada. Uh, 14 times Canadian soccer player of the year, uh, 190 goals in, uh, in 327 matches for, for team Canada, not a bad career. And, uh, I, I, we should probably say here, Shrides, we know this is a tough time. We're thinking about you. Uh, you're going to get through this, uh, our condolences, <laughs> certainly. Uh, Not having to listen to, the, to our segment on Christine Sinclair. That's <laughs> that, maybe that too, but, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's been a tough week for Shrides as, uh, as her favorite steps aside. But so. that, that is the fact that you and Shrides would record that and then this would come down. Yeah. Like how many Sundays, Sunday evenings have, after, have I got home and you've been like, yeah, that. 30 minute segment we covered on that <laughs> destroyed 20 minutes after almost recording. always by Pierre Dorian. Pierre Dorian loves the Sunday night move. 
That's uh, okay. Look for Shane Pinto to be signed tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you're as you're hearing this tomorrow, that right. will all come down. They'll have traded. Well, maybe everybody. Sure. Maybe Kubelik and Joseph and Brandstrom will all be. Agreed. Why not? And Shabbat. Throw him in there too. They'll okay. just all be gone, and <laughs> there'll be cap room of plenty. Uh, look, there's a few different places we want. Look. I, I got to tell you, man, it's been really tough over the last week or so to talk about the NHL because you get so excited to to get into it, and then it starts and it's like, yeah, but they're two and one. No matter who your team is, like, yep. so, or one and two, so you're like, so yeah. what have we really learned at this point? So I want to throw a couple of teams at you. Wait, how about Ottawa three and one? You're like, we're killing it. Yeah, we're three and two. We're sucking. Uh, well, zero and one yep. against Carolina. Oh, I see a lot of problems. One and one after that great home opener. We're going to win this whole fucking thing. And every team does. And so it makes it tough, right? So right now, as you and I sit here, and the only one that might change tonight, uh, I'll mention in a second, but Vegas is 6-0. Colorado, 5-0. Boston. Boston. They were 3-0. They are now 4-0 after beating LA on Saturday night. By the time the good listener hears this, uh, Boston is playing Anaheim Sunday night. I expect them to to get to 5-0, but you never know. And down at the very, very bottom. So those are the only th- uh, three teams left undefeated. There's one team left without a win. It is the San Jose Sharks. Take a stab at any one of those. Because everyone else is just a mishmash of two and three, three and two, yeah. one and three, three and one. Yeah. Do any of those surprise you that are either undefeated or still winless? Uh, certainly San Jose is not shocking at all. They may not win a game before Christmas. Right. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. I want to see in, I want to see in oh, and oh, 75 and seven. <laughs> Still got those seven points. Up yeah, would that not be awesome though? We've gone winless. Although yeah. they will probably beat Toronto on a Saturday night. That's usually what happens. That man. is how that goes. Shitbirds, welcome here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Boston. I yeah. think it's well documented that that I, with the with the scoring they have up front, or the or the offensive punch, or lack thereof, at least on the wings, <laughs> that seemed to be where, you know, I, I, with Allmark and Swayman, and and the the nice solid defense core yep. that they could throw out, I fully expected it close to the vest, but that they would sort of be in that three and two, lost a two one game, one sure. three two game, you know what I mean, like Just somewhere in that mush that most of the league is in right now. So I, I am surprised that. That they will sort of push out to this five and zero lead, and they're about to set another league record, maybe. Yeah, well, they're going to go seventy five zero and seven. Sure, right? This is this is how it goes. Um, <laughs> that that I would say is surprising. I know there's a lot of a lot of ink being spilled and a lot of hot air being shot around about about Vegas being the first defending cup champions to start six and zero. Like what a rando stat! Like six and zero, that's important. I don't know if it's important, but it is interesting, isn't it? Well, it's We've impre- been w- it, handing out the trophy for a hundred and some odd years. No one's ever opened up afterwards six and all. That's, yeah. And, and it's something. Yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah. But to me, you want to see a hangover for, for a cup champion? Show me what December and January looks like for you. Yeah. When the, when the wear and tear is piling up and. When the short summer really shows up. Yeah. Right. To me, that's where. But again, nobody else has ever done this. Yep. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. In a league that is over a hundred years old. Like even five and O hadn't been done since the eighty five, eighty six Oilers. Um and then to to set the record, you get to go into the Chicago Blackhawks home opener. <laughs> like, 
I think we can take these guys. Now, Connor Bedard scores a goal basically right off the hop in the home opener. That was kind of cool. CM Punk doing the uh, the intros there, the, the big opening video. Okay. I'm sure you loved that. He's a Chicago guy. You, you may not have. Yeah, he is. He's a huge Hawks fan. Chicago. In us, we trust. Okay. He's also unemployed right now. <laughs> so okay. had had some time on his hands. Or some face punching hat. <laughs> Not the real face punch. And I tried that. I got knocked the hell out. I got out. punched out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bit of Bedard fatigue. Already? Oh, I probably had it before... I probably had it before the season I'm started. really surprised to hear you say that. I, th- that has been a bit of a story. There have been people saying, oh, it's too much. It's too much. I don't know, man. I First 18-year-old in Hawks history or whatever it is, the youngest, youngest player in Hawks, year to old score to- a power play goal in his home opener. And you're like, have we become baseball? Okay, that last part you tacked on. First. It happened in the home opener, but the stat is the youngest Chicago Blackhawk to score power play goal. First, you know, a guy to hit two homers off a lefty it's named Bob a on a Tuesday. Like, it's just, let's just fucking move on. Let's move on, people. Is it because, like, for you, is he underwhelming? No. No. No, I think he's a, obviously a fantastic talent. Yeah, and, but he hasn't come out of the shoot with, like, 10 points in his right, first five games right. or whatever. He's and been fine. He's yeah, been just. My, my, he's going to get 90 points is. Yeah. Whew. 80. I, I think you and I went with 80. 79.5 was. Oh, remember the, the hot take episode we did. I said that guy could get to 90 points and <laughs> that's not looking great. <laughs> it's right there with my Matthew Nice Calder Cup. Yeah. Calder Trophy. Calder, Calder Cup. He's got a better shot at than yeah. the Calder Trophy. Yeah. Although if, they, if he and Domi keep hooking up. Yeah. Keep hooking up. Hooking up. <laughs> Whatever, whatever works, exactly, man. Exactly, <laughs> man. Put the puck in the net. Yeah. Whatever you need to do to make that whatever happen. Whatever gets it there. That's but right. I, I am, I just find, I find all those sorts of things. The six and oh, the, the first whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's just let it ride, man. Let's just check it in. Check it in December. Like, I don't think we should not talk hockey until December. Right. Because this is going to be short episodes. I, I just, to me, I, I've sort of picked those teams because they're not those mushy middle, right? Like you try and go, I didn't, I, I'll be honest, but I didn't think Boston would get to four and oh, might be five and oh, by the time the people hear this, it might be four and one, but I've bet against them every fall for the last like four or five Ten years. years. Right. But we talk, Krejci retires, Bergeron retires, Taylor Hall leaves. You're like, well, they're going to take a step back and they still might obviously, but you know, here they sit undefeated still and yeah, I think maybe they're going to be better than we thought again. Yeah, uh, obviously, that seems to be the case. Um, I Vegas think, not shot. Sorry, go ahead. I think more interesting than perhaps Boston is 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 worth talking about for the reasons we've already stated. Yeah, it's Edmonton at one and three or one and four, whatever they are. Yeah, that blew team, another lead on Saturday to the powerhouse Jets. Sure, to I me that pumped by the. Canucks uh, yeah. on opening night. I don't know what the Canucks are. That's oh, so odd what's happening out there. Um, I think the way they've, the really underwhelming way that they've started is probably the part that, that is more interesting. I know you were looking for the bagels on one side or the other, right? Yeah, just. The O and whatever or the 6 and O, I, I know. Well, because but, like you and I can sit here and we can talk about the Leafs and Sens, but they're both 3 and 2 right now, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, right? Like it's sort of a okay start and what? But to me, you're right. The Edmonton one, 
is interesting because they've started slower than we thought, and I, half the media and, and us, we talked about, is this the year that they're a Stanley Cup contender? But you look at most of their underlying numbers, yep, they're going to be fine. Like, their PDO is brutal right now. Yeah, they're yeah. not getting a save. Their shooting percentage is horribly low. And once that... Now, I guess McDavid is a bit of a question mark. Well, when you pull up like that and you grab whatever... Yeah. And Love then, to pull up and grab some things. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> how you doing? Might do some time. For yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> um, and, and the fact that they were talking about the previous game where he was holding his back and yep. now he's grabbing the back of his sort of in the hammy area and you're like, oh, I don't know. That would make me concerned. For sure. But right now I'm not concerned about Edmonton. Uh, there was a great article that uh, we'll put a link to in the, the show notes about Edmonton's history with power forwards or Ken Holland in Edmonton, maybe more than anything else where he arrived. Mil- uh, Milan Lucic was already there. That wasn't a very good deal. Managed to trade that off for James Neal. Started out great. Didn't end great. Had to buy that out. Um, you know, pushed that off. Now it's Evander Kane. Kane. And since his injury, which is a tough one to come back from, I think he had the wrist yeah. sliced and everything. Like, it's been brutal, but this year he hasn't been very good either. And And that dates back towards the end of last year. So... That was an interesting piece. Bruce McCurdy, I believe, is the name of the author. Like I said, we'll, we'll share. But like, overwhelmingly, their numbers outside of the goaltending appear to be okay. And it's just a case of bad luck for that. Like, I'm not worried about the Oilers yet. Another two weeks of this, you go, yeah, okay, that's going to be an issue. But so far, it's just, you know, some bad. I, it's I, not just bad luck, I guess, when you get pumped 8-1 by right. Vancouver, but. Right. Opening night, whatever, I don't know. Well, and and that was a couple of weeks ago. You yep. and I were in here and thought, there's a good chance that they could come back because they were playing Vancouver again. They yes. were on the Saturday, whatever it was, and then they were playing them again two nights later yeah. in Edmonton. You're like, yeah, there's just a, as good a chance that they're going to pump Vancouver there. Yep. But didn't. Did not. And then you're like, hmm. Now you're blowing leads to the Jets and you're losing to the Flyers and you're... Well, and as oof. you suggest, all that talk, in the, and you'll love this or at least you'll have sweet you'll have some point of reference anyways <laughs> when they're like look how great Campbell was we got to roll with that guy yeah he had the the hot preseason yeah and then everyone's like wow that's Skinner he's Skinner never read into the Skinner preseason and Campbell and, and then you're like oh wait they both suck right they knew that one of them could stop a beach ball <laughs> you're like oh, okay this is hard it's hard to win true story man but i think we all knew that the top of the west be it Edmonton, Colorado, Vegas, throw Dallas in there. Yep. That it was super rich at the high end. Yep. And super poor at the bottom end, right? <laughs> yep. And so I, I'm not shocked by the fact that Colorado and Vegas have sprinted out to these fast starts. That that to me is not a... Okay. Do you have, you know, you mentioned that it was the Jets who who came back and, and beat... Uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, they've been struggling at home. Struggling. Attendance especially. And the big one came, I believe it was last Tuesday, Pierre-Luc Dubois making his return with the LA Kings. And you sort of expect this, fuck you kind of boo him out of the building performance and they get 11,000 people in there. And for context, it's a 15,000 seat building, not a 20,000 seat building, but still... You'd like to think, A, you can fill that place, and B, certainly for a game where 
this guy who, you know, walked away from another organization as he is wont to do. Two time. Uh, couldn't get up for it. And then on Thursday, they had another 10 and a half, well, 11,000. 11, they got up, they got up for it. Well, yeah. The ones who bothered to show had a great time, but like you and I talked about this a couple different times, I believe. So that the team moved back there for the 2011 season and Gary came in, he gave that finger waving press conference. Like you guys need to sell this out or, you know, this won't work. We've left once just shitting all over Winnipeg's party as Gary loves to do. Not, there's nothing Gary loves more than to ruin a party. And so he comes in and if you recall the way they sold the tickets was you had to commit for five years to boxes or yeah. season tickets. So we talked at the time, 2016, 2017, as those leases are expiring, are they going to be okay? Is it going to be different this time? And for quite a while it was, and it was a pretty good team. They took a run to the conference final, I believe in 2017, uh, against Vegas and, uh, ended up losing there, but still pretty good. And ever since then, they've just sort of been Okay. And now Calgary Flames ask. Yeah. And you get to a point where times are hard in all these markets, right? We understand things are expensive. You have other things you need to be paying for, other things on your mind financially. But a city like Winnipeg has less room than most. And people here in Ottawa will understand this phenomenon as a small market, not as small as Winnipeg, but a small market that that can hurt you. And you wonder, are we already at a point where Winnipeg is in trouble again? Because 15,000 seats is already small and that's a sellout. And now if you're not filling that, I I don't know, man, are you worried about the Jets? Because this isn't just a, sorry, (laughs) Buffalo struggled so far. Washington had a sellout streak years long. That's end, but Buffalo is supposed to be on the come up. Washington, you understand, is on the to come down. They're terrible. They're not good at all. Um, so, but it's not just a Winnipeg problem. I'm not trying to paint it that way, but Winnipeg is uniquely vulnerable to struggle. Stroke. (laughs) The host (laughs) of this podcast is having right now. Uh, Winnipeg is uniquely vulnerable to struggles like this. When I would throw into that, did you watch any of the CFL action on the weekend? (laughs) No. My own favorite team has sort of rendered my interest in that league. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oof. Empty seats there, my man. Okay. This is, and now they've missed the playoffs for the second year in a row, but that is a place where it's supported by a province. That's the powerhouse of the league. For sure it is. And empty seats there, right? Now that team is, is sucking, but I think you are at this very unique crossroads of financial hard times. Yeah. Right. Like I just redid my mortgage back in the summer, man, I'm paying 450 bucks a month more for the same house I owned in, in, in August. Don't I get to move when we make this change? <laughs> so it's, it's that, and that's not, that's even going beyond the price of gas, the price of groceries. Sure. Everything that comes with that, right. Is, is it's hard. It's a hard time. Yeah, I'm not trying to shit on Jets fans. No, 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 no. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm merely talking about. And I think personally, the excitement or the surprise that people have with the Hellebuck, Hellebuck and Shifley, it's coming across the table now, whatever you got going, (laughs) the Hellebuck and Shifley long-term signings, to me, I think that's actually more confusing for Jets fans. Like 
These are two guys who are now in their 30s. Mm-hmm. The team has not been great. And now Let's you're- doubled down. Now you, exactly. You have doubled down on these two guys that we haven't been able to win with. And I'm not sure what you're doing. I think there's a bit of both of those things, the economics and the sort of shitty middle that they're yeah. in. Yeah. See, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge part of this, right? Is it's not even just the money to go to the game. It's I need to see the plan and, or, and believe in it. Right. And so the Jets were almost kind of screwed here. We can't. I don't know if you want to let those guys go and then believe that this market will support a rebuild. So you almost out of fear, sign them back up and they're both really good players, but this team hasn't been good enough. And so basically what you've said to the fans is this thing that hasn't worked for the last couple of years, we're going to keep doing it only at more expensive prices. And honestly, I don't think either of the deals are terrible based on where the cap is going, but you have doubled down on this being the group that we're going to build around for the next several years and fans out there are going, but that hasn't worked. And you know, if it didn't work before, why is it going to work now? And why am I going to keep paying for it? I, I'm not convinced they would have paid had you traded those guys and stripped it down for parts, but this is sort of like we're committing long-term to just more of being in that mushy middle. Right. And and I was listening to uh, Murat Atash, I believe, is a writes for The Athletic. For the, He covers the Jets. Yeah. Um, he was talking about that the big thing was that, that what they got in return for Pierre-Luc Dubois signified that they weren't starting a rebuild. Yeah. No, they wanted pieces. Yeah. And I'm like, but the pieces... I don't look at those pieces and go, oh yeah. They're all useful pieces, but they're for not sure. setting you up for For sure. Contending. This is it. Yeah. This is it. They are pieces that likely keep me in that seven through 10 spot in the conference. Yeah. It's Ayafalo and it's Gabe. Villardo. Uh, Gabe Villardi. And yeah. Yeah. It, I, they're fine, but. They, for sure they are, yeah. but they are fine. They're just guys. Like when you slave hard on a dinner <laughs> and you serve it and you're like, how is that? And you're like. It's fine. It's fine. Like, nobody wants it's fine. not a compliment. <laughs> That's, it's not shit is really what fine means. It's strangely edible. Right. Strangely edible. And so I think that's where it is. So you have the hard financial times and you have a city that is like Ottawa, isn't huge. They're, they have a bit more. They are sort of a little more interest, uh, industry laden than yes. in terms of head offices than, than yeah. Ottawa is, but it is also a big pr- provincial government town. Like mm-hmm. one of the biggest employers are municipal and provincial governments right. there. And that doesn't work. And it doesn't help when it comes to boxes. Yeah, I shouldn't say it doesn't work. It doesn't help. That's, it, that's more fair. It's it's harder to fill boxes when, 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 when your corporate patrons are fewer. Yeah. Right. And so- that's why they that's why they're in a smaller building to begin with. But I think they are in a muddy time, right? They have a couple of different pressure points working on them. And you just you hear the argument all the time from the pundits that Canadian teams, Canadian fan bases are smart enough to understand when it's time to rebuild. Ottawa just finished doing it, they're on the come up. Toronto did it a while back, they're on not the come up, but they are on the up yeah, right now. For sure. Montreal is doing it right now. 
why do we not believe that Winnipeg fans are willing to go ahead and do that? And maybe it's not that we don't believe they're willing to, it's just that there's not enough of them that will still come, right? That the smaller market means whatever percentage of fans that will still come watch that rebuild isn't enough. Like, are they going to be stuck in that perennial, we can't do it. We cannot rebuild and we're going to be stuck in that middle. Well, when's the last time Calgary rebuilt? Yeah, even now they're refusing to right. do it. Like we, uh, Friedman just said on Saturday night, they think they're going to be able to get it done with with Noah Hannafin. Or there's been progress towards yep. a Noah Hannafin deal. That Calgary team that they have out there, I don't think it's as bad as it was last year. No. But it's not a cup contender. No. But they're they're not willing to rebuild. So yeah, that's and, a good and, point by and, you. And Vancouver. Like, I know they've sort of went, yeah, I think we're going to bottom out. No, I don't think we're going to do it. And we're To gonna- me, they're just more directionless. I... Right. Okay, they but, haven't decided that they're not willing to do it. They just don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. But I, I can't think of a time when, when they have bottomed out. Yeah. Especially in the cap era when you have to, when you sort of have to ride that boom and bust wave, right? Yeah. There comes a time when you go, yeah, this isn't working, right? And that old cliche of, you know, you're going to sell hope or you're going to sell winning. Right. Well, if, if you're not winning and you don't have any fresh, shiny new toys to look at or the, or the hope of Christmas morning, you go, what are we going to have, <laughs> right? What are we going to have next year when we have- Philip Hronick. Yeah. When oh. we have two top 10 picks next year, what do we have? What do we have? Right. And you go, no, we don't have that either. Yeah. And you have this, this is what's been happening. And so, yeah, if Ottawa's done it, if Montreal is doing it yeah. and Toronto did it very successfully- Edmonton obviously took enough yes. cracks at it, 42 <laughs> first overall right. picks, um, that, that you sort of luck your way into, and that's, there's a, there's a bit of luck. Yeah, you know, of course. You, you can hope to, you can hope to get McDavid and end up yeah, with Yeah, he like still him. only got whatever it was, a 22, 25% chance of getting him. Look at Tim Murray. He's like, look at him. Let's do this. <laughs> Shit, it's Jack Eichel. Damn, right? But there is, so, there is the luck of that, right? Yes. And so Toronto, bam, they get their Matthews, yeah. right? Edmonton, bam, finally gets their, their McDavid and those other pieces, you know, like, um. Get your Slavkovsky. Yeah. Your, your Yakupovs, <laughs> and you're like, that doesn't work, right? <laughs> your Taylor Halls, well, that doesn't work either, but we still have Lars. No, we don't have that either. <laughs> but, but, you know, at least Nugent Hopkins is there now as a nice support piece. Contributing. Right? Yes. So. You have to have some good luck, right? And, but if you're not, if you're not selling that, if you have none of that to sell, like, listen, there's, there's going to be no tears for the Thompson group that owns. No. Like this is big money. They are going to be fine. Right. I, I don't think that it's, it's like the old Rod. Yeah. They're not going to go here. out and be able to, the, to, to rile up the save our jets chant, yeah. like the original owners. It's a, I guess I'm just at like to you. Is this, this attendance problem that the Jets are having right now, is this, and it sounds like you think so, and I, I'm not sure I disagree. It, this is more about being just a directionless. A directionless team in a, in a hard economy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I, 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 I don't think the, the fans of the Winnipeg Jets are any less supportive than they were in 1996 or 2011 when they got the team back, but Gary doesn't get to just show up and wave his finger and say, you keep supporting this. Well, if I'm not buying it, like if I'm not interested, if I don't yeah. think this is going anywhere, then yeah, no, fuck you. Get off you. your wallet, Gary. And, uh, buy Send a- them back to Atlanta, which is all we're hearing right now. Oh, they want it. That makes me vomit <laughs> too, man. Like, let's third time's a charm, man. Um, 
I had some buddies when I was going to Fanshawe back in the year, in the 90s. I don't some, believe it. At some point, two guys from Winnipeg who had come to do radio. I'm Mike from Canmore. Yeah. No, this <laughs> is, uh, I'm Jamil from Dauphin. Yeah. Totally, eh? Eh? Uh, eh? <laughs> Anyways, these two guys would watch, if the Jets were on Saturday night, they would get in their white, you know long underwear and watch the games. Have the whiteout. Whiteout style in their living room. Like they were passionate. hundred percent, man. Passionate Jets fans. So to me. Run a better team. Yeah, 100% <laughs> man. And that's what it comes down to is you got to fish, you got to cut bait. One of the two things has to happen here. Right. And I don't think uh, they're doing that. Right. Shovel day off needs to, be, you know, you're the smartest dude in How the room. This? How about you get shovel laid off? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go back to work for Chicago? Oof. Ooh, no. Right. But so, yeah, if you are really the smartest dude who was, who had this, you know, overripe farm system, don't want to trade people, don't want to, we're just going to do this and yeah. do this. And then we'll just sort of bring in Peter Stastny 16 times and Paul, have at it. It's Paul Stastny. Peter wasn't available. Oh, that's right. I loved Peter. <laughs> Although I was that much might have changed. Things. I was much more of a, a Miro or an Anton kind of guy. It's it's so funny when you look at that team though. Eh? Like they've had the pieces over the years, right? Like to be really good between Shifley and Ehlers and the like. Even on the back, like that the the Norrissey season last year. Yeah. Well, don't forget about Kyle. Kyle Connor. Connor. That dude just scored. I think he's. I think he put up fifty last year. So, at some point. It's on you to build around them. And well, they where's Ben Sherrod at? Can we bring him back? Sure. Love that guy. He's currently lighting it up for your Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, that guy's a staff. You mentioned staff. uh yeah, you mentioned a little cast <gasps> or cut bait. It's time to cast for another beer. Let's do that. It's time to have a pee, is really what it is. All right. Back in a couple more beers. I'm going first this time. I'm standing with uh, Shillo here. We're, we're hitting that again. This time they're NEPA, 5.6%. And uh, we'll see what their, their Northeast IPAs are. I know you've had their stuff a couple times before. Have you had either of these, the Oatmeal Stout or the Northeast IPA? I've had the Oatmeal Stout. Okay. I have not had the, uh, the New England style. Yes. So but to me, what I love about them. It could be, yeah, whatever. New England is Northeast. Just let me have it. I didn't even, I didn't even register. I did. I said the Northeast IPA the first time. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Any IPA. Yeah. New England is North and East. That's right. It's totally fine, man. I, I, I didn't, it didn't even register. Idiot. That, that's probably half the spot. <laughs> Just waiting to say what I got to say. What am I talking about? What's happening next? Um, I love their, we've talked about it before. It's like Acme Beer Company. <laughs> Right. The labels are like, there's no fancy shit it's on it. It's going to explode in my face. It here. says Shiloh. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be an anvil dropping right. as soon as you crack <laughs> that bad boy. And it just says what it is. Like Vimy. Shilo, yes. Vimy red. Yeah. We're not getting all distracted by like our 
the feng shui of the can. <laughs> just do it, man. Beer. I got appreciation for both, man. Okay. If you, if you want to take some time, you want to work on the art and the, you know, some crazy names for it, that's fine too. I also, I very much appreciate the bluntness of a straight up, yeah, it's, it's Shiloh Stout. Just drink it, stupid. I, I got time for that as well. I was drinking some North of Seven, so I've just cracked the same beer. I'm drinking the... Uh, <laughs> so straight from the bottle. The Dunkelweizen, which oh, is more Weizen than North Dunkel. North of Seven. <laughs> also, but the North of Seven or brewery, I, I, it came and it said beer. Wait, 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 wait. There's just a brewery called North of Seven? Yeah. Uh, where? I don't know. Kin Mountain. Yeah, Mountain Kin. Mountain Kin. Mountain Mama. <laughs> Going to get me some cousin love. Um, it's not Kinmount. Where the fuck do I always say you're from? Uh, Norwood. Norwood. Yeah. <laughs> right beside the A. Which is actually on seven, man. It's not even really. It's just... But it's on the north side of seven. Okay. All right. Half... Except the A&W, which except, is on the south except side. Except for the other part that's on the uh, south side. Right. Anyways, it just said beer. And I'm like, well, what kind of beer? No, beer. Yeah. Here, drink the beer. I'm like, All right. What do I win? Another beer. And it was actually, it was quite, it was quite nice. The North of Seven Brewing Company. I'm coming up next. I think that's what it was. I I, I don't know. I was North of Seven drinking beer. (laughs) And I was drinking. (laughs) Anyway, so how is your Northeastern IPA? (laughs) It's a little juicy, a little grapefruit maybe to it. I kind of like that. All right. It's not bad. From now on. Mm-hmm. North Northeastern Northeast IPA. style IPA. Ugh, because Matt's illiterate. Yeah, it's okay, man. Reading, not a strong point. It's totally fine, man. <laughs> Actually, I read it fine. N E. Yeah. It's more extracting what that's. Can we just to... go with symbols? <laughs> Saturn, hashtag, Bruins exclamation logo. mark, bat symbol. <laughs> I forgot to mention there uh, when we were talking about Christine Sinclair, the USA women's national team put out a tweet that was quoting Canadian soccer, right? the retirement announcement and they've put out, you know, congratulations on a fantastic, this is the U S team, right. That's quoting it saying congratulations on like a great career, all of this sort of stuff. And then in the, they reply to their own tweet with a photo and the quote, uh, the tweet just says, I hope she unblocks us to see this. And the picture is Christine Sinclair has blocked you. (laughs) She's, She's blocked USA soccer. <laughs> what a fucking legend, man. That is, we talked petty early on. Love it, right? That is the level of competitor that Christine Sinclair is. She's blocked her I, number one. Uh, I thought you were going to say it was a picture of her yelling at the ref from the from the 2012 Olympics. That would have been RA2. S- similar vibes to Radko Gudis screaming in the face of Joseph Wall at the end of their playoff series last year, which has gotten all blown up again this uh, this past week. But love that. Christine Sinclair blocked USA women's soccer. You mean soccer. Radko Gudis of the Anaheim the Ducks Anaheim game? Ducks. It's true, man. That is what I mean. Stupid. Uh, why don't we talk for a second? Elliot Friedman has been all over for the last week or two, this idea that the NHL might be interested in decentralizing the draft. And what that means is it would look a little more like the NFL draft in that each team has some people at the draft and the athletes will all be at the draft, but the brain trust will all still be back in their own markets, in their own offices. And I guess this stems from the idea that, that last year, 
people had trouble getting out of, I think it was Nashville. They held the draft yeah. in and people couldn't get home fast. And it was late that they did the draft and July 1st was only a couple days away for free agency where they could all go home and, and tamper with each other's players, uh, because we've done away with that, whatever they called it. Legal tampering period. Yeah. Let's just call it that. Cause I don't remember what they tried. That's to what they, call I, it. I think that's what the they called legal it. The tampering. legal tampering period. <laughs> um, and so I guess certain people complained that it was getting a bit much to bring all our people to the draft. Yep. And, and then it was slow getting home and then it's only a couple days to free. Now, this is the way the NHL has done it for a very long time since the early days of the draft. But now we've decided we know better. And, and the thing that stands out to me, man, is that the NHL draft is one of the very few things that you could stand there and confidently say, hey, we do that better than, than a lot of other leagues. We don't do it perfect, but we do it better than a lot of other leagues. So of course it's the first thing we're going to pick at. We're going to, that, that's the thing we're going to change. I'm curious what you thought of this idea of, you know, everybody stays in their own market, except some of the players show up and there's kind of a party, but uh, there's not a whole, you know, just changing the draft into this NFL NBA style. See, my initial reaction was I was repulsed by it. Okay. And that's really it. I was repulsed. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's strong. It man. is strong. It's strong draft takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the tables. All the tables set up and you got all the teams. And as a kid, I used to love to watch the draft. Anytime I could I could get it. I loved to see all the, the tables with the logos, you know. Yeah. You're like, wow, there's a, you know, where's my team, right? And you're looking around and... <laughs> And, the um, Montreal Maroons back yeah. for Rob's <laughs> Yeah, sure as hell wasn't the Toronto St. Pat. The Wanderers. that right now. Yeah. Um, all who wander are not lost. It's mm. important to note. Many are though. Uh, for sure. <laughs> I, 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 I usually am. Um, and this idea of trades and, and stuff that's going to happen. and That guy's talking to that guy. Yeah, yeah, wandering over and he's stopping, chatting. Yep. And really they're like, hey, we're eating later. That's really what's happening. Are you going to draft Kadri? I would just, yeah. <laughs> that's where I was going. Okay. When is the last time we saw the Brian Murray, Brian Burke kind of thing, right? Where we're taking them. The, yeah. The Caudry Cowan thing. Yeah. Right. Where you have these, like, Hey, we're, we're looking at this. We're looking at that. Like, I just haven't seen a pile of draft day movement, right? The whole Gary Bettman. You're going to want to hear this. Him pretending to like being booed. Yeah. Well, and, and do you think he's going to do the Roger Goodell thing where he's, where Gary Bettman is hugging the draft guy comes up because, because there is no team execs there. It's just, it's whoever it's the draft pick is and it's Gary hugging him like, Hey man, high five and doing the, doing the Roger Goodell thing. No. The high five, the Gary Bettman high five. If that's where we're going. Slapping I'm, I, in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> He's All right, a, uh, suddenly I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> He's a short man, right? Yeah, 100%. So unless it's Quinn Hughes coming up, everybody yeah. else is getting a swat in the pants. little Mitch Martin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hugging, wearing tight pink shirts. Yeah. Have at it. So, but then I moved to the, yeah, really, do I care to see... The owner's son up on the stage too and all that Enough shit. of that. And so I guess my thing is, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying we shouldn't tinker. I'm not saying we couldn't take this down from, I think they're allowed 20 people at each team table to like 12 could probably successfully make a how draft about, How about three at a high boy? <laughs> Couple of pub tables. Yeah, this is it, man. This is it. We got to push those you and together. I have made some crucial decisions around pub tables. I don't know why these guys think they're above it. That's uh, Exactly. That's a two-man operation though. Right. Way um, too many beers. Yeah. 
Where's the, no regard for any salary? Cap. Where's the exit? <laughs> I got to hurl him. I'm, I'm in a cubicle. Sorry, man. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I don't think you have to burn this thing to the ground. I don't think you have to completely change it. I think you have to tinker. I think a few fewer people on stage, a couple less people at these tables, a little less on the 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 interviews, right? Like the NHL draft is one of those things that they do pretty well compared to most teams. So I'm not going to jump up and down and scream, this is the end of the world. and what. I just think you're you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater, right? How, how about you roll into town with your GM, your assistant GMs, head your, scout, your amateur staff, and bring your, bring your head pro scout. You don't need all of your staffs there. No. And that's it. Like the, you've got people there doing interviews for senators.com and the Leafs Twitter account and whatever. Like, the fact that you're bringing all these people, that was your call, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, just bring one media person, one PR person, your GM, your head scout, as you said, maybe an assistant scout, as whatever, your amateur draft people. Like, just stop making it quite as big as it is, and then you could carry on doing it the same way. I, I just, it felt like this is an overreaction to one bad, because the draft was late. Last year, I think yeah. it was like the 26th or something like that. And then the travel issues crept. I don't even remember if it was a big storm or something that kept these guys from getting out of. It's June. Like what kind of, what's, what's going to happen? Locusts? <laughs> I have no idea what happens in Nashville. <laughs> like a nothing, Everybody man. comes it's, home, it's has a four-day hangover and can't yeah. get ready for the free agency. The boot scooting boogie is happening that night. No, you can't miss it. No. Over at Tootsie's. Right or down on Broadway. Broadway. That was half the thing. All, all night on the first round, was like, well, that guy was at Tootsie's. Hey, don't forget Tootsie's. They were all partying at Tootsie's. We know the name of a Nashville bar, and so we're a hip broadcast. How about you just settle down, make your picks, they go over and speak to one person, right? You don't need multiple media partners to be there. You cross if you're national broadcasters or ESPN and Sportsnet, you have like your best of each combined at one table, and just carry on. I, I the, to me, this feels like a massive overreaction and a opportunity to pinch pennies on something that you do pretty well, and you're throwing away for no real reason. Yeah. You clearly are less. uh, No, no. Yeah. You were at a spot like never before where that picture of Dubas with two phones and somebody with a third (laughs) arm holding the third phone. I have no idea. Where's that come from? (laughs) It's like a baby holding an apple. Love you, Kyle. (laughs) Good for you, Kyle. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) It, It comes down to with. The you mentioned of, Apple phone, people. The amount of <laughs> Zoom or Teams, you got your, your your hardcores with you, and then you have the rest of your staff, wherever they are, on Zoom. Like, if you need, you, you like never before in this day and age, you don't need to pick up the one rotary dial phone right. at the table. You have instant access to all of your staff, no matter where they are. I think across the board, there's just too much leaning into pandemic era. Like, the pandemic draft where everyone was terrible at home or what well yes but the sends maybe more than anybody killed it they did the alex trebek alex yep. trebek uh stood t- that was fun like to incorporate that kind of thing that was kind of neat but we're seeing more and more across media ever since then like 
oh, so you're okay with us having our guests on via their AirPods? And you're like, no, this sounds like shit. Get off Zoom if you're Sportsnet or TSN. Get people back in here and, and start doing – but what you're saying, obviously, is back on the table. Yeah, on the table. You could still dial back home to that one scout who didn't get invited but might yeah. have scouted Magnetogorsk last season or or whatever. You can connect to those people. But I just think there's a certain amount of now like, oh, we did it for cheaper during the pandemic. And so now we're sort of sick of paying for it to be normal again. And it's I, a streamline. I think that's what we're both saying yeah. in, in different Instead ways. Instead of 20 people at each table, 10 people at each table, we just half to your cost. Yeah. And so uh, all I'm saying is the other guys who aren't there, be it the majority yeah. of your pro staff, yeah. they don't need to be there. No. If a trade comes down... Yeah, you want to have access to a pro staff, you know, your head pro scout. Yeah. And have the rest of you guys on Zoom. Right. You have that all there. The, your amateur staff. This is an amateur draft. Yes. Or as Matt prefers to go with, the amateur draft. Actually, Matt calls it the boy auction, but that's a whole I other I, that's I prefer, a whole a, I other prefer amateur draft. I bet you would. I prefer all these other things. But it is the boy auction. Can I see your teeth <laughs> and feel your buttocks? <laughs> Brocks. Yeah, that's it. And your legs. <laughs> just give you a little squeeze. Okay. I just want to check to make sure the, um, what I'm buying is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's you and your boy auction. I, I'm not comfortable with any of that. Uh, how'd you feel about Travis Dermott? Well, see, this is more of your NHL overreaction. Direct segue. <laughs> Go, Matt. Travis Dermott on uh, on Saturday at the Arizona Coyotes, so I don't blame you if you missed it, uh, home opener. Um, and Travis Dermott used the uh, the pride tape on the the top of his his stick. And he's a guy who has a reputation over his years in Toronto and in, uh, and in Vancouver of being an ally, always stepping up for these sorts of, of causes. And I guess after the NHL said that they were banning pride tape uh, alongside all their specialty jerseys, jerseys and, and charity nights and whatever the hell else they were doing. Uh, he immediately reached out to pride tape and placed a fairly large order. And at their home opener, it was interesting. He didn't make a point of it, didn't tell the media, didn't have it up and down the blade and the shaft of the stick and whatever. He put it up on the top where yeah. I guess is where he wanted it. And it was a way to be an ally, but without making it a huge story, of course, someone found it and, and, and posted it as was meant to happen. Right. There was no part of Travis Dermott that hope I get through on this. Right. Hope I sneak one by because it's almost at that point. Well, then what was the point, right? right? If I snuck it through, I didn't do shit. Like I wasn't an ally. I wasn't publicly supporting anybody. But nonetheless, as soon as this got out, that there were people replying to the initial tweet that was like, shut up, you're going to get him caught. It's like, he's on television right now. It's not this tweeted picture. No, it's, this a home, is also, it's a home opener in Arizona. There is no television. Well, that's a reasonable enough. Uh, but Arizona also posted it in their Instagram story. Um, and so he knew going in. Of course in, he knew. He was going to be spotted. He didn't care. And there was enough players. Ian Mendez has actually been all over this uh, for a while now, even since the announcement was made, talking to different players and people saying, yeah, I'll probably use it. Scott Lawton down in Philadelphia uh, had said, yeah, you'll probably see me using it anyway. Um, John Merrill in Minnesota had said, this is 
pretty dumb. I'm, all of these are, are paraphrased. <laughs> yeah, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think who it was. Uh, it was Anderson, Rasmus Anderson saying, it sucks. Yeah. Direct quote. Yeah. It, and he's not wrong. It's a fair quote. And so Travis Dermott is the first guy who steps out in defiance of this thing and just uses it. And again, I want to frame this properly because he has done this to still be an ally. Yep. He's done it publicly, but he's not alerted the media, hey, look at me, right? It's not a huge right. L- he's thing not like- the story. Right. So he is the first guy in the NHL who has done this in defiance of the league. The Athletic asked the NHL on Saturday night, uh, you know, what's going to happen. As you and I sit here right now, there has been no decision on that. Bill Daly told the Athletic on Saturday night, we will investigate in due course. But the NHL at this point has essentially two options. You find the guy and double down on being an asshole, or you understand that nobody agrees with you. Well, not nobody. But where's, where's Kid Rock at? <laughs> um, most don't agree with you and you go, yeah, you know Where's what, this at? was a mistake <laughs> and we're, we're going to back down on the policy. But it sort of looks like Travis Dermott has decided, and Travis Dermott is not a five, six, seven, eight, nine million dollar a year player. Right. He's decided the fine is well worth paying to do this. Um, and the league has said, we'll get to it as you and I sit here right now. Standing behind what he believes in. Yeah. And funny that. Well, and, and so, uh, Morgan Riley is another guy who's also, who's also spoken out saying he wished it was otherwise. Connor McDavid back in the summer, I believe said, yeah, I'm kind of going to do what I want to do. Yep. And, and so great for Travis Dermott, McDermott. No, it's Travis Dermott. Travis Dermott. Anyways, great for him, right? To do it. This is like the whole point. I'm, You're not sure what his name is, and yet he's the first guy to do it. And that's not exactly one of the stars. where I'm going. Yeah. Is is the guys who 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 felt strongly about it, who have more security uh, and cachet, right? Morgan, Connor McDavid. That's the that's yeah, the, that the, is the guy, Golden Goose. Yes. That's the guy. And if he shows up on season opening night. Again, just a little tape around the, the knob of the stick, whatever it is. I'm not hiding it, but I'm not flashing it. I'm but, just using it. But I'm, but I am, that is that ally yep. that, that you speak of. And those are things you go, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? NHL? Force Be- them to make a Because call. those are the people who go, yeah, your bullshit over, over sort of reach in yes. the first place. Yes. Now you're being forced into this. What are you going to do? Because you and I talked about this and hated the, I won't speak for you, obviously I thought Ivan Provorov's stuff in Philly last year was shit. The James Reimer in San Jose. James Reimer, that was a serious bummer for me. It was shit. Uh, Guys who didn't want to wear the jersey. But let's say you can get me on side. Mark and Eric Stahl, don't forget those guys. Standing naked on the side of the road. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. Uh, James Reimer was for quite a while one of my favorite players. Yep. And this was a bummer for me. Now, you just, you look at it and you go, let's say that you can talk me into, it's unfair to ask these guys who don't believe in it to wear this thing. Let's say you can get me that far, right? Go, yeah, all right. It it wasn't fair to ask them. You have gone so far in the other direction. Go, by the way, anyone else who might want to do anything, no, fuck you. You can't do shit either. You... The guys who don't want to do it, we're letting them off the hook and we are forcing you all to go stand with them because we don't want them to look bad. It's right? the classic, 
tail wagging the dog. That's exactly what it is. And it's, it's what if, if we leave it as an option for you to use pride tape and 16 of you do it, well, it looks bad on those other two guys and people might ask them, yes, that's exactly what will happen and fuck them. You can stand by your beliefs at that point. Right. So they didn't want to do it and they just said, so none of you can do it. And for the record, that uh, I don't agree with it, but you can do your thing. You don't want to come out and and wear the jersey. I don't agree with that. It's not hockey is for everyone, which is what you suggest. Clearly. But if that's the case, the two who don't want to work, don't come out, don't do the thing. That's right. You have that right. And now I get to form my opinion on you based on, and that's the part they're trying to cover up is... Well, it might make those two or three guys look bad, so we're just not going to let anyone do it. Which is what... That's the bullshit. Yeah. At, at, when this happened last year, that's what I had said to you right here on this pod, was the NHL is going to do what's right for the dollar, and if they feel like this is going to hurt in any way, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna mothball. Yeah. And they went, hockey fights cancer, military nights. You're out! Heritage nights, all of it. Can't do any of it. It's gone garbage. And yeah. so I, I'm with you, I think, you'll correct me if I'm, I would have preferred to see someone who isn't making near league men go first, but power to Travis Dermott who said, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I don't know what it's going to be. Five grand, 10 grand. Well, the, the, what is the maximum fine? Night? The maximum fine is. The, see, this is the thing I wonder, because the PA also has remained quiet. Yeah. As they often do when it's gross, right? When you see a suspension, because I cross-check you in the teeth, their job is to defend me as uh But I also pay dues, <laughs> yes, and I have exactly. no teeth. Right. And so they have to defend everyone in this case. So they have been remarkably quiet. And so you rem- you wonder, let's say they fine Travis Dermott 1000 bucks, And if he does it again, it's 2000 Does it again at 5000 Does it again, it's 10000 At what point does the PA have to go... All right, it's becoming a bit punitive. Whereas, you know, instead they're going to go to him and say, you should probably just stop using the tape. You need someone making $12 million a year. Yep. To be the one who goes, I don't care, make it a hundred grand a night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and that is the thing is, is I would have, I would have much preferred to see somebody with a little more clout. Yeah. Step up and not leave it to the And this isn't ripping Travis Dermott. It's actually a credit to Travis Dermott for... To do it, but... Or the Michael Amadios of the world. Sure. Mike Amadio. Mike Amadio. It's, it's me. It's Amadio. It's a me. Mike Amadio. Exactly. See? We're on the same page, man. Yeah. Those people... We need somebody else who feels strongly to step up. Do you think the Travis Dermott thing <gasps> makes that more likely? Or is the league about to make an example of this nobody? Hope so. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. What are you going to do? Because as of right now, the fact that the NHL didn't have something ready seems wishy-washy and... Not not the NHL. And (laughs) ill-prepared. Right? I've already overreached on this whole tape thing. Like I thought when they went, okay, we're going to not do the jerseys. But the tape, we're going to let the tape go, right? If you want to use the pride tape, whatever. But then for you to to sort of draconian style, bam, overreach and go. And you can't do that either. Right. Don't do it. Yeah. And so (laughs) I just, it's it's such a, it's it's like they've gone further than they had to. Yeah. And you're like, 
yeah, watch me kind of thing. And then now you're ill-prepared for the blowback. And so it's just, it, it's it's unnecessary and you've caused yourself issues on a bunch of fronts. Who cares, man, if I use pride tape? What do you care? Right. I'm just doing it. You don't have to do it. No. But it'll make me look bad if I'm the only one who doesn't do it. And I'd really rather not have to stand for my ignorant convictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so what? I, I want to have white tape so my the black puck sticks yep. out. Or I want to have black tape so, so that the, the puck's puck doesn't. Hidden. Whatever, right? And so you're like, who cares, man? There's going to be people who go, I'm an ally, but for game reasons, I want to have sure. black tape. There's going to be that. Well, and again, Travis Dermott put it up on where the knob of the stick is, not down on the right. on the blade. So to him... Maybe what he had on his blade was for a strategic reason, but I still want to be an ally and I can do it up here. Correct. Right? Uh, so, Correct. Yeah. And, and they're going to find him for it. And, 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 and I want to see what it is. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm interested to see what move the NHL makes next. Cause to me, you've created this problem for yourself. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> As per usual. I, I just, I, I look at it and I wonder, like you said, where do we go next? What does this look like? Because every week we see some sort of cross check and it's like, we have fined so-and-so $2,500, yeah. the maximum. And they yeah. always put it in the tweet, in the announcement, in the press release, the maximum yeah. under. Oh, it's heavy. Right. This is the most, to me, it's more like we want to fine him, but this is the most the PA will let us. Tom like, we negotiated that. Right? Tom Wilson's going to power bomb somebody without a helmet <laughs> right on the ice. 2,500 bucks. Not Brian Wilson. Uh, and so, it, but it says, we find him 2,500 bucks, the maximum allowable under the CBA. What is the fine to Travis Dermott? Is it more than the fine for cross-checking someone in the face? Is it more than DDTing someone in the crease of, uh, nice. I want to see. What is I that? I want to see. <laughs> Both the DDT yes. and the fine. Yes. I, I want to know. Is this something capped by the PA negotiated out? And I'd really like to see the PA say just about anything, which to this point they haven't yet. Well, it is, it is, it is only one player, right? It isn't player on player. Mm -hmm. It's just a single player doing his thing. Right. So I'm curious just before we get out of here. Uh, and like I said, off the top, there's a bunch of mushy middle stuff in the NHL. I don't want to bother getting into, but one of the things we did see out of the Sens over the weekend was a, a, a loss to Detroit, but I'm more interested in the, the reaction to DeBrinket and the debate all last week about whether he should be booed or not. Uh, I, I don't suppose you were in the building. I don't know if you were standing booing your television or not. Any thoughts on the reaction to his return to Ottawa? I am in the building on Tuesday. The I'm Craig Anderson night. 100%. Okay. I have I have six games this year I've already bought. Nice. Starts Tuesday. So I'll be there for the Andy night. Um, if I was in the building, I'm booing him. Okay. Um, do I understand he didn't want to get traded to Ottawa? He was traded. Um and he and he didn't want to stay here. He wanted mm -hmm. to, he he wanted to go elsewhere. Um but as a season ticket, you know, paying guy. You've chosen to, you've turned, you've turned your back. So I would have booed him 100%. That would have happened. I, I just, as you said, he was traded here. Yep. And I was going to say against his will. We don't even know that that's. Clearly. When you're traded. Yep. 
you have no say in it. And at the risk of being labeled perhaps correctly a hypocrite, you have heard me on this podcast say repeatedly, it's stupid when Toronto boos Kessel. It's stupid when Toronto booed Phaneuf. They Ottawa were, boos Zidane Chara. Although he at least left as a free agent. My point with Kessel and Phaneuf is they were traded to Toronto and then they were traded away from Toronto. Neither yep. one demanded a trade, neither yep. one. But, and when I look at the DeBrinket thing, as granted a non-Senators fan, yep. is he was traded. It didn't appear to work. Pierre Dorian, I guess, pointed out led the league and hit posts. Ah. <laughs> and then he just said, I'm probably not going to resign again. Didn't demand a trade out. Obviously yeah. the natural reaction is, well, if you're not going to resign, we have to trade you. That's fair enough. But I kind of look at it like the really hard cores on my Twitter feed are telling me it's not so much that he didn't want to be here. It's that he would only agree to sign long-term in Detroit, which made it hard for us to trade him get enough for him. And I look at a guy like Claude Giroux, who did the exact same thing to the Flyers, said, I'll go to Colorado or Florida, and that's it. And then after that came to Ottawa, but he ended up coming to Ottawa. So we like him and we'll ignore, you know, it didn't affect Ottawa, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And I sort of wonder if there isn't a line to be drawn there that, yeah, Giroux was ready to go home and... That's not what played out at the actual trade deadline. Yeah, You know him, what I'm saying? Yeah, but him coming to Ottawa, just, just to be clear. Yeah. Him coming to Ottawa was as a free agent. Yep. But, so but he did that to Philly. I know. He did the same thing But you Philly. can understand why Ottawa fans- Don't care would, about that. Well, would be detached from that. Sure. You're, you're, Didn't, you're like, Drew, you can't sign here because you only gave those options. No, no, no. That's right. But I just want, if we're being real about this, if we're talking about- this being professional hockey, a guy wanting to go where he wants to go. Yeah. Giroud did it once, right? Yep. I'll only go here and here from the trade deadline. Yep. And after that, I'm going to sign to come to Ottawa. And Debrinket did the same thing. I, yeah. if I'm leaving Ottawa, I'm probably only, you can trade me wherever you want, but I'm not going to sign long-term, which means obviously the trade value is very different. Right. And I don't, and I don't know. I'm not in Philadelphia at the time. Right. And remember he also yeah, no. wasn't going to go till after game 1000. That was a part yeah, of it right it, before the it, deadline. It was the final game right yeah. at the deadline. Yeah. Um, but it seemed kind of like, un, unlike with other people, and I don't want I don't want to get bogged down on Claude Giroux. No, no. But it it was, I I'm fine to go to those teams, or I'm fine to just stay here and play out the season. Yep. That's kind of the impression I got. From yeah, the, that he maybe wasn't in a rush to get out of. Philly. Philly. It wasn't like hey, trade me away. This is terrible here. But, but if you but are, but the Brankett didn't say that either. Right. And so, uh, as I said to you before, he was traded here and, and we talked about this a year ago, not even like 13 months ago in his, in his first time he met with the local media, somebody said to him, Hey, you're free to sign a, an extension. You know, what's your interest in staying here? And to me, his answer was super telling at the time. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and we'll see, which is fine. Sure. That's it. But he's like, I haven't played a game here yet. He's like, they got a lot of shooters here. Yeah, I do remember you bringing that up. And that was right away an alarm, like a red flag going, yeah, you know what? What I do, they got guys in that position. I'm not going to be frontline guy. Like, I'm a left winger. I'm going to be behind Kachuk. I think that's, and so. Don't you think, I guess this is a different argument. 
don't you think a guy like Alex Dabrinkit and and to his credit, Brady Kachuk had an unreal season last year, more points than I ever thought that that's what more that guy was going to bring it. Right. But I never thought Kachuk had that in him. I thought I also never thought that Kachuk would be a very good player, but kind of 65 points and all the other things. If he ever, ever got to 70 points. Right. I would have been over the moon. And we talked about that. Right. Right? So, With all the intangibles he has. And he's off to another killer start this year. But if he's an 85-point guy and all the other things he brings, Dabrinka, you're the second-line left winger. And I guess that's my what well, my question was going to be is when he rolled in here, shouldn't his goal have been, shouldn't his mindset be, yeah, by the end of the year, I'll be your number one left winger. His like, or the team's? His. Because it didn't look like that's what, you know what I'm saying? Like he he sort of rolled in. Behind, at that time, Brady Kachuk is your number one left winger. Hadn't yet shown what he did last year. Was a 30-goal scorer the year before. He scored 30 on the final night. Yeah, that's right. The year before. Yeah, that's right. All right. I, I had it in my head that last year was this huge breakout, and the year before had sort of been nothing wrong with it, but just... Yeah, he was sort of a 30, 30 guy the year before. That's what I'm saying. 60, yep. 65 point yep. kind of yep. guy. And that's where he was. Yeah. That's where he was. Last year was the big breakout. Big breakout over 83. But more points, he maintained yep. the goals thing. He'd already hit the 30 goal yeah. thing. And, so. and I think at this point now, you're disappointed if that guy scores less than 35 goals. Kachuk, wow. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see that coming. No. To me, he scored a couple goals already. His hands appear to be better From than distance, we thought. There's, there, he's getting other goals that make you think and... So yeah, I, I just I, I can understand the Debrinket issue. That doesn't mean I, as a paying fan, have to go. Yeah, man, I get it. And and I don't. No, think, you can boo him. I, yeah, I just to me it seemed like. All it, I'm saying to you here is is I don't think he said I'm only going to Detroit. We never were privy to the list, but it's sort of pretty widely spread that it was Detroit. I'll that, sign with Detroit, and then it was your tax free states. Yeah. Right, it was your Nashville, it yep. was your Vegas, it was your Florida Dallas, teams. it was your Florida teams. Those were the sort of the teams that it was widely understood were on his list. And so when you start to look around, you're like, well, there's no, there's there's not a real Nashville, maybe or Detroit are really the only viable trade partners in that list. So let me just ask you then, because it's quite possible coming from my cheering for a big market, yep, spend and pay what you want to get who you want. Uh, is there a part of, of this that is that small market? He won't play here. He doesn't want to stay here. He like, yeah. We're, we're feeling a little spurned by yeah, this. Yeah, of course, so. man. There, there is, there is a built in feeling in this market, which is you look for the things that say, I'm not going to sign here. Right. I'm not going to sign here. I'm not going to sign here because it's Ottawa or right. it's Winnipeg or it's Edmonton or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. It's Buffalo. It's, sure. it's whatever sure. those things are, right? That make you say, no, it's, it's not a, it's not a desirable, Ottawa's a desirable team for guys who are in their early thirties who have kids and you're like, yeah, man, it's a great minor hockey system <laughs> and it's, it's a big town, small town yep. and it's a great place to raise a family, Columbus. Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things for the young guys. Um, it, it's not, and you feel that, right? You go, we're going to have to overpay. We're going to have to overpay here. So there's always a bit, no matter what anybody says, there's a little built in that you're that guy. Anti-establishment kind of, we're going to have to 
fight above our weight. Well, and we here. got a draft. Yeah, we got a draft, and we got to develop from within yeah. and hope for the odd closure. Sure, right? Those sorts of things, right? Who we, again has been better than? He's shown more than I thought he had left in the tank since he got here. For sure. So, yeah. But you look at it in terms of, and, and again, I can go in fully eyes wide open on the Debrinket thing, which is, hey man, he was he was totally blown away to be traded by Chicago. Yeah. So he, he came to Ottawa, didn't have a choice in it. And then he was put here, not in the position where he was accustomed to. And, and that's sort of on Dorian. I'm not sure if Chicago didn't give him the option to speak to Debrinket and say, hey, what's the, what, what are you thinking, right? Probably not, right? He didn't have any rights at the time. This is it, right? And so, but if you look at what's happened with Tarasenko this this summer and you bring him in and you try and force him into the opposite wing, you're yeah. like, just, just be smarter. <laughs> Either this was your guy or it wasn't, or, right? Or Does this, he fit or doesn't he? Th- why try and push him into something like this is an established cup-winning vet. Now, but I remember you saying on this podcast, and, and not just you, like, I'm, I'm not trying to bury him. Like, he apparently last year didn't really fit in, right? Like, this is a young team. A lot of guys with some money and young single guys out yeah. doing their thing. And, yeah. And that he maybe not only wasn't getting the minutes that he would have preferred or the power play spot that he would have preferred. Yeah, I don't well, think at the time that anyone on the team disliked him, but he wasn't one of those guys out singing Mr. Brightside right. on Friday night right. or, or whatever. The right? Sanderson, like, Norris, Stutzler. Yeah, the young group uh, of guys Kachuk. living that sweet life with a couple of bucks in their pocket now and... Buying the bar around? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, no, and he is a, he is slightly above that group yeah. by a couple of years, yeah. but had a wife and kid, right? Had a, had, a, had a child. Yeah. And so he doesn't fit in as, you know... As, Maybe not perfectly into that timeline. Right. I think everybody liked him. Yeah. I think he fit in. And Stutzla, like they tried to make a big deal out of what he said at the beginning of the season. I didn't think it was quite as nasty as it was right. painted to sound, but well, Stutzla sort of said, if you don't want to be here, then then don't be here. But what he said was, you don't want to be here. We wish you good luck. Right. I think he meant it. I think he meant it too. Yeah. But people read into that and go, yeah, well, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. But then he, fuck you, right? No. Right. I, and so... We're trying to do something here. If you don't want to be a part of it, this is it. Carry so on. We do have the small market built in inferiority complex, that, and that's a reality. Yeah, you can't debate it. It just it also then comes down to we are turning the corner. Yes, we hope pretty clearly. And so you go, why don't you want to be here? You don't like us. It's this right. big thing, like right. when when they went on that 07 Cup run, and, and Alfredson was. For a long time, a very long time, a whipping boy here. Yeah. And then it was, he was so great in that run. And you're like, I hope he becomes a citizen. I hope he stays here when he retires. <laughs> right? And it's just like, I'm clutching my pearls and I'm rubbing <laughs> my hands going, does he like us? Does he really like us? Right. And it shows, the small market mentality shows all the time, whether we like it or not. That is sort of, and I'll, I'll that's why I wanted to ask you about it, man. When I watched that game on Saturday, uh, where the, the Brinkett, thing came to a head, it felt a little, the mean man hurt my feelings. Yeah. Right? yeah. And but to me, I, I, I feel no, I don't feel any shame in that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't turn my back on that. Right. It was, so it's not just the small market. It's also the team is getting good. Yeah. And you've sort of turned away from both. Right. In our eyes. Well, and, because the only thing left like if the team is getting good, the only reason you didn't want to stay 
obviously isn't the team, right? It must be us. It must be the city. It must be the fans. You got a bunch of young guys who you fit in with and whatever else or, you know. Or didn't. Or didn't, but seemingly did. Yeah. Like he said, he's like, yeah, I was, I saw Shabby across the ice and he was sort of smiling and laughing at me on the video tribute. Yes. And so all those, like, I just think it's, it's just, he wanted, again, I can understand that his wife is also from the Michigan area and, you know, with a young child, be close to its grandparents, all those things. Like it makes sense on so many levels, but that doesn't mean that I don't go, man, we traded three person, we traded three picks for it. Yeah. And you then had an underwhelming year. Yes. And then you clearly did. And then you left. And we've sort of got a diminished return. Yes. I get to say, fuck you. Yeah. I get to say, I get to pay my dollars and for one part of my day say, nah, do, you suck. Do you think that's it? What, the next time he's back, does yeah. it happen again? No. It's, it's, there may be a couple people, yeah. but I think it's greatly diminished moving forward. It was greatly diminished by the second period. When, well, because uh, the team was not doing well, right? right? And <laughs> so hard to keep the energy. I got to boo some other people right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe in wearing a black right, yeah, I'm right. not entirely sure. Now, that being said, just, just in a brief aside, yeah. they played that game 10 times. Ottawa wins that game seven times. Yep. Like to me. Ottawa had a really, outshot them like 17-3 in the first or yeah. whatever it was. And, and so to me. There was a nice, pow- a nice, a hot power play unit. Yep. And at the end of the day, you know, there's some things Ottawa did that they maybe would change, but uh, I don't feel Ottawa played terribly. They didn't. So to me, I, I'm not, I'm not greatly bent about it. But at least we can put aside that whole Brady who wants something from last <laughs> year, right? We can put that to bed. And it's a fun beer. Yeah, I, I totally get it. <laughs> but so that, that to me is. Let's go, man. It's going to be a rivalry for a while now. For sure it is. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap this one up here, I think. Uh, I got a couple of those, uh, uh, unless you're officially putting a lid on it, I got a couple of those who wants it beers for you to send home with you for uh, for the next sends. Uh, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. All right. But our I'll buddy, take them. Our buddy Ian from Whippersnapper was in here to drop off. He's got a beer out called Who Wants It? And it is stemmed from that. Uh, Shut up! That uh, Brady versus. I Brett, want right? it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll send Rob home with some of that. He'll report back next week on God bless uh, you, on what he thought of it. I'm going <laughs> to shed a tear here now. I told you, man. All I've ever done this podcast for is free beer. Well, you're about to get some. Woo! We're wrapping up here. Uh, lots of great stuff to continue to come here on the podcast, including Lever Sage every Thursday. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, for Rob, my name is Matt. We'll see you next time. See ya. How is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?